0: Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them and said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Why do you seek the living among the dead? A question that cuts right to the heart. That day, the women found an empty tomb that once held a crucified Christ. And so the angels asked them this very profound question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? That same question echoes in our hearts today. Why do we seek life in things that lead to death? Why do we look for a savior in all the wrong places? We want to live life to the fullest, but we chase the things that ultimately kill us. Why do we search for fulfillment in emptiness? Why do we seek the living among the dead? But that same question contains a sense of celebration the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus was successful death couldn't defeat him hell couldn't hold him sin couldn't stop him Jesus died so that we could live he took our place accepting the death that we deserve so that we could live with him forever because of his sacrifice our lives don't end with death and now we can celebrate not because he was crucified but because he rose not because he died but because he lived and when we gather together in his name he is with us why do you seek the living among the dead he's not there he is here
1: shame. And who could carry that God away? It was my turn till I made My sin was heavy, and chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken.
2: I love what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6 says. It says this that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Of course, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the scripture says here that we are partakers of of that gospel. We are beneficiaries of that gospel. If you've ever been forgiven of your sins, you're a beneficiary, a partaker of the cross of Christ. If you've ever been healed, you're a beneficiary of the stripes that he took on his back. If you've ever been forgiven of your sins and filled with the Holy Ghost, you're a beneficiary of the risen tomb, of the risen Christ and the empty tomb. We have something to celebrate today. He is the Christ that was dead but now lives and is alive forevermore. One more time, could we praise him today? Oh, I've been forgiven. I've been healed. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been set free because the tomb is empty today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're standing, and you probably are because of the presence of God that is flowing right now, you may be seated. And I just want to take this moment to welcome everyone today. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are, wherever you're joining us from. We are so glad that you've chosen to join us today on Easter Sunday at Grace Church. We are glad you're part of this service. And I promise you, you're going to be blessed by the presence of God. Amen. Amen. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to give. And um, as you're doing that, you'll see that there are three ways to give. You can give online at the website, you can also text your gift, and then also you can mail your gift to the PO box address of the church. So God bless you so much for supporting the kingdom of God, supporting the ministry of of the kingdom and of Grace Church, God bless you. While you're giving today, I do wanna remind you of a couple of things that are coming up this week that you'll wanna make a note of. Of course, as we've been doing over the last several weeks, Monday night, at 7:14 p.m., we will be having unified prayer, and that prayer will take place, of course, at your home, at your individual places, uh, houses, and places of residence. There, but we want to unite together and pray at 7:14. Tuesday morning prayer will be dismissed because of the stay-at-home order, and then again on Wednesday night, we'll come back together virtually for Bible study via live stream at 7:30, and we want you to be a part of that. And then all of all of you that are graduating, we're going right into the graduating season, even though it's very, very different from the past. Uh, we If you're graduating this year, please get your information to the church office because we want to celebrate with you on a very special service on May the 3rd. So please remember that if you are a graduate this year. I do want to take one moment here before we move on to remind you that All of our Sunday school teachers are uploading content to the podcast and to the, you can also access it on the website under the media tab. Every week it's fresh content. You'll be blessed by that. So check it out. Don't forget about it. And then for our children and our junior high and our high school kids, a lot of those Sunday school classes are being, uh, they're being done live through Zoom. And you'll need a link for that. We've tried to get the link out to everybody. But if, if you don't have it, please let the church office know and we'll get that out to you. Those, uh, that communication and that information is being communicated directly to those parents of those children. So we want to get that to you if you don't have it already. Amen. God bless you today. Again, we're so glad that you're here, that you've joined us for Easter. We've got a very special shout out to you from some of our Grace Church families. And then we're going to go right back into our worship set. I pray that you're blessed today in Jesus' name. Hey, Grace Church, the Duncan family here. We love you guys. Miss y'all. Can't wait to be back in service with y'all. Hug y'all next and be back together again.
1: Love you.
0: Love y'all so much. I want to tell y'all, love them. We miss them.
1: We miss you, Grace Church.
0: You want to say, I miss you? Yeah, I miss you. I miss you.
2: <laughs> love y'all. See y'all soon.
1: Hey Grace Church, we were just checking in with you and to tell you that we miss you. And my get her! <laughs> oh, somebody come get these kids. Hey Grace, hey Grace, church. Grace church, hope everybody's
3: doing well, and staying safe out there.
2: We love and miss y'all, and we cannot wait to be back in church with y'all again.
1: Speaking,
3: Speaking of, of waiting, waiting
2: Psalms 27:14
1: says. Wait on the Lord. Be of the church, and he shall
2: strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Bye, guys. Hey, Grace. Hi, Grace family. You know, we really don't know how to do this, but we're trying to keep it real. Anyway, we miss everybody. Hope to see you real soon. We're praying for everybody. Love y'all.
1: Hey, Grace Church,
2: we we love you. Hey, Grace Church, we love you guys. We so miss you guys during this time. We can't wait to get back together again.
1: We can't wait to get out of this house.
0: God
1: bless
2: Hey, Church. The Watleys here just want to let you know that we miss y'all so much and we cannot wait until we can all be back together again. We're so thankful for our Grace Church family uh, to go through this quarantine time together with you online. Uh, we hope you enjoying the live stream services with us.
1: To give y'all a little bit of encouragement, John 16, 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So God is with us, and don't fear. And since everybody is together and we're tired of each other, Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity.
0: Bye. Bye!
1: i
3: Day. everybody, would you love him? Wherever you are today, if you can, would you lift your hands heavenward? And let's just take a moment and love Jesus. Everybody love him right now. God, we love you today. We love you today because you showed us what true love is. Oh, God, we'll never be able to see it from your point of view how much you love us but today we stand with a heart full of gratitude we stand here today God inadequate to reciprocate that amazing love that you shed abroad in our hearts I'm thankful for you today oh God I'm thankful for your presence I'm thankful today that I can stand here in the holy presence of God and lift my arms to you and surrender it to me. Thankful for forgiveness of sin. Feel liberty in my spirit today. I love you today, oh God, I love you. Hallelujah. an amazing manifestation of the spirit of the Lord here right now and if you're paying attention to what you're seeing on your screen you feel it too and on this resurrection Sunday we're here to celebrate, we're here to rejoice and the presence of God is as real here right now as I've ever felt it this is an amazing moment folks I know we're saddened by what's going on around us, but my heart is racing right now and rejoicing because my hope goes beyond what our government can do, what our medical professionals can do. My hope is in someone else. And I feel the hope of the Holy Ghost here today. I feel promise here today. I feel the presence of God here today. And of course, where the presence of the Lord is, there is hope. There is love, there is restoration, there is healing. There is promise that comes with His presence. I'm thankful today for the presence of God. We're going to do things a little bit different today. I want to thank our media team, our worship team, for taking us to the throne of God Sunday after Sunday they've made a presentation here today that has smote my heart. We've all been reminded again of that amazing sacrifice that he laid down his life for us, which would have been what was celebrated this past Friday. And while we're celebrating the resurrection today, it's hard to celebrate the resurrection without thinking about what's caused it. Jesus gave instruction to his disciples and we're doing that today we're doing that right now we're obeying that instruction I will let you know that we're going to do it a little bit different today we're going to have communion right now instead of following my message so those of you that are prepared you will want to go ahead and get your communion elements ready whether you have what Grace Church has passed out to you if you have your own if you would prepare that right now hopefully you're already prepared for that but I want to read a verse of scripture and again during the video presentation we just saw my heart was smitten again by the incredible sacrifice you know I'm thinking about what our world is, is like right now and what we're going through right now I was reminded this morning while they were singing of what must the world have been like then when the Redeemer was slain he was nailed to a cross I said this morning a few moments ago praying I spoke to the devil I did I said it's the biggest mistake you've ever made is when you turn the world against him I want to read today from Luke chapter 22. It'll be on the screen for you to follow along. The Bible said, when the hour was come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And then he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying this is my body which is given for you and this do in remembrance of me likewise also the cup after supper saying this cup is the new testament in my blood which is shed for you I want the Lord to know that not only will we remember we'll never forget never forget that awesome price that he paid let's pray together for a moment father we love you and we truly as the song just said we stand in awe today your amazing presence we're learning today the value of his presence we're learning the value today of having the holy ghost not only in our heart but in our homes in our living rooms it's not just being with the people of God that makes us strong it's our relationship with you that makes us who we are and today we want to remember you with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving and as we partake in this moment of communion we're reverent, we're respectful we're in awe and we're thankful and I pray today that your presence would fill every home that's watching this right now that's listening to this Pray that your presence would fill every heart. We're not just going through it to a tradition because our parents did it and our grandparents did it, but we're doing it in obedience to the scripture. You said to do this. And as off we do it. Do it in remembrance of you. So today, God, you're in the forefront of our minds, and we're not thinking of anything else but what you did for us. And we're thankful. So if you would join me together right now, if you could open your cup if you have one of these and just take the wafer off the top if you have a cracker or whatever you have at home and let's partake of this as it represents his body, symbolic of his body that was given for us. If we could partake of this together in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We're so thankful, we're so thankful, we're so thankful, we're so thankful. And then folks, if you're ready together, let's partake of the fruit of the vine in remembrance of him. God bless you today. Let's thank him for his sacrifice. Let's thank him for loving us. Jesus, we love you today. And, oh, God, today we're grateful. We're so thankful for what you've done for us. We're thankful for the stripes, the crown of thorns. I'm thankful, God, that I didn't witness that. I'm thankful I didn't have to stand around and watch that. But I am so thankful I've been able to see through the years the fruit of it the people healed, the people delivered, the people set free from sin, the people whose sin has been forgiven, the people who've been filled with your spirit. What a privilege and what an honor it's been to partake in the ministry of the cross and the ministry of the resurrection to see the byproduct, the fruit of what you did. Thank you, God, for being so good. Thank you for being so kind thank the Lord can we praise him today with a hand praise let's praise him in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name name. thank the Lord thank the Lord God bless you thank you for being with us today thank you for watching I hope you stay tuned for the message never thought I'd ever say anything like that but here we are Uh, don't turn it off just yet I'm not going to hold you long I know you probably have plans for today and uh, I'm not going to keep you long but I have a message I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's not all that Easter-ish that's why I wanted to do communion first but thank you for watching thank you for being with us and throw your heart into the rest of this service we've been ministered to we've been blessed but there's more that God wants to do I want to read one verse of scripture from James chapter 4 and verse 7 James said, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's a twofold command in this verse that I want to preach to you about today. The first is our relationship with God, the second is our relationship with the devil. And the Bible said to submit to God, but resist the devil. And I think most everybody that embraces the word of God has to some degree submitted yourselves to the Lord. But how often do we resist the devil? I want to speak to you for a little while today about the power of resistance. The power of resistance. God bless you, thank you, and you may be seated. Jesus actually fulfilled this verse before it was ever written. He submitted to God in baptism, and the Bible said straightway, he went from baptism of water to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. So immediately after submission to the will of God and being baptized, then he had to confront the devil, and we do the same. Every person that has been born of water and spirit, the minute you're born of water and spirit, Not only does God ask you to submit, but there's another commandment that's given. And for the rest of your life, you are to resist the devil. And I thank God for the awesome promise that comes at the end of those three words. The Bible said if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. I think all of us here today knows what the Oscars are. It's the most celebrated award that can be bestowed upon an actor, actress, in the area of Hollywood, the area of film. The Oscars are the most celebrated award show in Hollywood, and it's a star-studded night to celebrate film. The Oscars, voted on by over 9,000 members of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, have driven the conversation around the movie industry for some nine decades. But that doesn't mean that everyone wants to go or even be in the running to win one. And the some 91-year history of the ceremony, some of Hollywood's finest, including Marlon Brando and Will Smith and Paul Newman and Woody Allen and Catherine Hepburn and Elizabeth Taylor, to name a few, they won the Oscar, but they didn't go to accept their award or their nomination. And some of those nominated have refused to attend out of protest. They have refused to attend to make a statement. There was something they believed in that this whole arena of the Oscars celebrated night did not endorse. So to make a statement, they refused or resisted receiving their nomination or their award. Now keep in mind, for the Hollywood industry, this is the biggest night of any actor's career and even lifetime. So if Hollywood actors can, re- can refuse to attend the biggest and most sought-after event in Hollywood, then why can't we as Christian people resist sin and the world and be what God wants us to be? We've all had our share of heartbreak and disappointment. We've all had our share of being let down, betrayed, and rejected. But still, through it all, we must resist and refuse the temptation of throwing the towel in and quitting. We must stand on the principles of the truths of the Word of God and continue to move forward. Yes, we do. If we could learn to resist the devil, if we could learn to resist the devil, if we could learn to resist temptation, if we could learn to say no to our feelings and selfish desires, we could have things in God that we never dreamed that we could have. I'll remind you, the idea that James is presenting is twofold. He said to submit yourself, therefore, to God, but it doesn't stop there. There has to be an element of resistance. Somebody said, refuse to become a victim of your circumstances and give a lift to your potentials each and every day against the wish of any obstacle, You encounter. Now I want you to notice something in scripture. Something that I've pondered for years. And several weeks ago I heard someone make a statement that unlocked the whole thing. The Bible said in Luke chapter 4 verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. This was right after he was baptized. Of John the Baptist in the Jordan River. He, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did not eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. I want you to notice that he went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil full of Of the Holy Ghost. He went in full of the Holy Ghost. But a few verses later, after he's been tempted of the devil for 40 days and hasn't eaten anything, in verse 13, the Bible said, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So he went into the wilderness. Full of the Holy Ghost. But he came out of this, the wilderness and the power of the Holy Ghost. What made the difference? What caused this wording in the scripture to be documented as Luke so eloquently did? Again, not to be repetitive. He went in full of the Holy Ghost and he came out full of the Holy Ghost. What is the significance in these scriptures? First of all, temptation, listen to Pastor today, temptation did not increase or decrease the quantity or quality of the Holy Ghost in him. Temptation does not increase or decrease our Holy Ghost. Just because we're tempted of the devil doesn't mean we get more Holy Ghost, nor does it mean that we come out of that temptation with less Holy Ghost. But notice, again, he went into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. He returned out of the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. Something happened. What made the difference is he said no to the devil. That's what made the difference. He came out of the wilderness. He went straight to the temple and performed a miracle. We'll come to that in a moment. Not only did he resist the devil, notice this, not only did he resist the devil, but he even resisted his own power in turning stones to bread. That's noteworthy to me. I want to say again, if we could learn to resist the devil, I'm preaching to you today the power of resistance. The Bible said he came out of the wilderness and the power of of the Holy Ghost what gave him that power what did it what caused him to come out so powerful in the will and purpose of God If we could learn to resist the devil, if we could learn to resist temptation, if we could learn to say no to our feelings and our selfish desires, I'll say again, we could have things in God like we never dreamed that we could have. He left the wilderness and went to the temple. And while healing a man with a withered hand, he cast an unclean spirit out of him. When he resisted the devil, he was able to manifest the power of the Holy Ghost. Now we can have the power of the Holy Ghost but when you don't resist the devil and you fall to temptation you can't manifest the power of the Holy Ghost. I hope that unlocked something in somebody's head here today. Imagine what would have happened to Jesus if he had yielded to the devil by doing something that wasn't even a sin by turning stones to bread. His ministry would have been shot. I believe the reason he went from water baptism to be tempted of the devil is to prove a point. I'm working on a message in a couple of weeks to talk about that. But he wanted to prove a point. Something had to be proven. And Jesus could not have exercised his miracle power had he not said no to the devil. It doesn't matter how many times he was baptized. I wish all you people were here to hear this. I need to see your face. This is one of them sermons. Maybe you understand now why there's not more manifest power of God in our lives. Because we've yet to learn. We've learned how to submit to God. That's one thing but we've not learned the power of resisting the devil. I want you to notice with me today in Mark chapter 4, Jesus taught some parables to the multitudes. And then in Mark 5, he told his disciples to get into a ship and go with him to the other side. You know the story. A storm came, the disciples were terrified and thought God didn't love them anymore. A storm came and They got terrified and thought God didn't love them anymore. How many more times do I need to say that because we wallow in that way too much? But Jesus did what Jesus does. He calmed the storm for them, not him. And I... I I need a whole bunch of voices here today. I hope somebody's shouting hallelujah in your living room right now. The other side, the other side for them was a little town named Gadara. And when they arrived at that town after Jesus calmed the storm for them, the Bible said a lunatic, a man possessed with a minimum of 2000 devils ran out to them and began to worship Jesus now here's a man hang on here's a man possessed with 2,000 demons minimum that worship Jesus what's holding you back I want you to pay attention to something here today When legion, the Bible said, for we are many, when legion was cast out of the men, they immediately, these minimum of 2,000, as many as 12,000 demons, had a prayer request they wanted to, to, to submit to Jesus. They said, don't just cast us into the depths of the sea, but can we enter into that herd of swine over there? Jesus said, Okay. He answered their prayer request. They entered into the swine. You know what happened? The pigs ran over the side of the mountain into the sea and perished. That's what you call devil ham. And then the men of that city, they got all upset with Jesus and said, look what you've done to our herd of swine. That's our livelihood, man. We've lost all of our pigs. We want you to get out of here. And Jesus said, okay. He answered their prayer. He answered the prayer of the demons, and he answered the prayer of the men of Gadara. And while he was getting back in the boat to leave, the man who was just delivered from demonic possession came to Jesus with his prayer request. He said, can I go with you? And Jesus said, no. No. Now, we don't like that when that happens to us. It'd be real easy for that man once possessed of the devil to say, Now, wait a minute. You just answered the demon's prayer request. And these awful men that tied me to tombstones and couldn't help me. And they want you to leave because you destroyed their their livelihood. You gave them a good answer to their prayer request. Why don't you answer my prayer request Jesus essentially told the man you won't help me by coming with me what I want you to do is go back to your house I want you to go back to your city and I want you to begin to tell people what I've done in your life there's a message in this folks I want everybody to hear it right now God ain't letting us come to church right now and there might be a reason that we can't go with him it's because he wants us to go to somebody else notice your screen notice your screen sometimes God refuses to give us our way when he knows we could be more effective where we are with the way we are and with what we've got I made that up all by myself I've learned it the hard way. There's a thousand times I've come to God and said, God, if you'd do this, if you'd do that, if we could go here and if we could go there, if we could build this, if we'll build that, it would make you so much greater and so much more powerful and all that kind of stuff. And God says, no, you can be more effective for me when you submit to the devil or when you submit to me and refuse to submit to the devil. Don't entertain your thoughts of the flesh but just do what I've asked you to do and don't steer off the path. Don't look to the left nor to the right but keep a focus. Keep a focus and keep moving forward. I'm preaching to somebody this morning in your living room right now. You need to stand to your feet and shout a big no to the devil and say I'm not giving in to discouragement. I'm not giving in to doubt. I'm not giving in to fear. I'm not giving in to heartbreak. I'm not not given into frustration, but I'm going to submit to the will of God because God wants me where I am right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. We must learn how to submit to some things and resist others. That's saying yes to God and no to the devil. We need to understand that. I think sometimes when we say no to ourselves and no to the devil, we think we're saying no to God. Because it's what we want. We want our way. But listen to Pastor this morning. There is much, there is as much power in resistance as there is in submission. Jesus proved that. You can't have your way. We're not a bunch of spoiled three-year-olds that has to have our way in every little thing when we want to have every little thing. We need to understand that when God says yes to our prayer, that's amazing. But when he says no to our prayer, it's for our own good. Okay, fasten your seatbelt. We must refuse to allow what's going on in our world right now to affect us and cause us to lose out. You've got to say no. But it's not just the coronavirus. We must refuse the temptation to sin. We must refuse the temptation to be worldly. We must refuse the temptation to compromise. We must, let's bring this home now. We must refuse to lose our marriage. We must refuse to give up on our kids. We must refuse to give up on our family. It's time to say no to some things. It's time to say no to some You've got time now. You've had a lot of time to be introspective you've had a long time to look on the inside and determine that God wants me here for a reason and for a purpose and I must submit to God but in submitting to God I've got to say no to the devil yeah we want miracle signs and wonders we want Jesus to save our kids we want that job we want that healing but Jesus may want us to say no to some things first. In other words, as generically speaking as Pentecostals, we've learned how to submit to God and the things we don't mind submitting to God too. It's okay to do what God wants you to do when you didn't want to do that anyway. But where we get crossed up with God Is when God wants us to do something that we're not comfortable in doing, something we're not happy about. I want everybody to understand that. I've heard people say, and I've actually seen it in my own subdivision. I told somebody this morning, the subdivision I live in has never looked so good since coronavirus hit. People have done everything in their yard that they can do because there's essentially nothing else to do. But I've heard people say over the last several weeks that they've cleaned their house, they've cleaned out flower beds, they've cleaned their yard, they've pressure washed their driveway and sidewalks. But what about your heart? What about your attitude? What about your marriage? What about your family? I have heard reports of being people being shut in. Their marriages are struggling and their kids aren't happy with their parents. It's because people have things on the inside of them that they don't want to be deprived of doing and doing the right thing is a hindrance to that. I rise to tell somebody here this morning, if you will submit to God and say no to the devil, there's a power that can be made manifest in your home, in your marriage, in your family even on your job that you never thought could happen let me give you something else to think about remember Moses in the Old Testament you remember what he did when he first met with Pharaoh to prove that God was with him he threw his Rod down. And what did it become? The Bible said it became a serpent. You listen to Pastor right now. That wouldn't have happened had he not said no to Egypt first. Let me share with you some scripture about that. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23. By faith Moses when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child. He had something going on with him. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Right here you see parents wanting to do the will of God and submit to God when it came to their kid. But they were also saying no to the devil at the same time. Maybe the reason Moses turned out to be the man he was is because he had parents who were not afraid to say no. Well, I have a feeling we just lost some viewers. Somebody somebody just, okay, I've heard enough of this. We're going to click that off. I hope you don't. Notice, because his mom and dad did things right, Moses grew up to do some things that was right. And by faith, Moses... When he was come to years, refused, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We struggle with that right there. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater, of greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt. So before his rod could ever become a serpent, there was a decision he made. That I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to submit to the will of God. I'm going to submit to the call of God. I'm going to submit to the purpose of God. And I'm going to determine that when it comes to Egypt and all the power I could have and all the influence I could have and all the money I could have, I'm going to give to them a huge resounding no, not today. I'm not going down that path. And look what God did. Not only did his rod become a serpent, but look at the miracles and signs and wonders that followed him just because he said no. You might want to fuss with me about this but he could have had 10,000 burning bush experiences but until he said no to Egypt it wasn't going to do he an ounce of good. He could take his shoes off until he rubbed blisters on his feet but it wasn't going to amount to a hill of beans until he learned how to say no to Egypt. Consider with me this morning, Daniel refused to stop praying. Even when it meant a den of lions, the Hebrew boys refused to bow. They submitted to God, but they also learned how to say no. And I believe some great and miraculous things could happen in your home. Your life, your marriage, your family, and even in your job, if you'll say no to some things. I'm thinking of somebody right now that had a golden opportunity to divorce. They did. A lot of justification maybe. A lot of good sound reasoning. they met with me here a while back and said I'm not going to do it I'm going to fight for my marriage I'm going to fight for my kids were they submitted to God oh yes they are oh yes no hint of backsliding no hint of carnality but they determined that not only am I going to submit to God when the devil comes knocking on the doorstep of my marriage he's getting a big Resounding no out of me. Not today. Not on my watch. Conclusion today. What could have been, no doubt, one of the most prolific men in the Bible. He had more power and strength than anybody that ever lived. Samson was called, he was set apart. He was chosen he even submitted he let his hair grow he didn't drink wine and all that he he was submitted to God through the Nazarite vows the Bible refers to it as but one thing he could not do is say no and it killed him when he should have shouted no he succumbed to temptation and he paid the price on a little bit of a note of the sermon I preached to you last Sunday about never being a time to quit I know a long list of people who failed in their greatest hour when they had their greatest opportunity, when they had their greatest moment I can't describe it how many people have failed on the doorstep of greatness because they did not have the ability to say no it's the power of resistance I'm thinking of people, I have people in my mind right now. One of the most grieving, perplexing moments I've ever had in my life was with a girl my age when I was about 16, 17 years old that was experiencing demonic depression. Excuse me, demonic possession. I watched that, that young girl that didn't weigh no more than a hundred pounds throw five men bigger than I am off of her like it was nothing. My best friend was a part of that. He testified to a call to preach. He was used in the gifts of the Spirit. And when he stood on the precipice of opportunity, he couldn't say no to some things. And he lost out with God. The last time I talked to that that man, he's a year or two older than me. Tell you how far he's gone. I know I'm on live stream, but so be it. Last time I talked to him was with his parents' funeral. And he said, I had the coolest experience the other day. I talked to so and so for a long time, just me and him. I called him by name and I said, That person's dead. He said, I know. He said, I called him back from the dead. said how did you do that he said you don't understand there's a whole realm of the spiritual and he said my wife and i talk to the dead all the time i can't tell you what that did to me You know what happened I couldn't say no to some things because he had the power of god yeah was he in the will of god yeah was he using the gifts of the spirit absolutely this has been boiling in me for the past number of days. And I've looked at other people on the flip side of this that have done amazing, amazing
1: things in their life.
3: And when I look back, it wasn't just dependent on them submitting to God. It was also dependent on them saying no. I think about Judas Iscariot, he's the one that opened the door of what you saw on the video a while ago. <clears throat> he's the one that opened the door to that. And because of his inability to say no to the high priest and offer to sell Jesus to them in betrayal, I want you to notice when he walked out of the Last Supper, when Jesus had just washed his feet, the Bible said Satan entered. Tell you a little bit about Jesus in that moment. Jesus couldn't say no either. He tried. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he knelt on his face and he sobbed. The Bible said he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Can't imagine the pressure. Can't imagine the pressure. Mental, emotional, spiritual pressure. The devil unloosed on him. Humanity was just turned loose on him. But because of you and because of me, he couldn't say no to the cross. He just couldn't say no. He tried. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. God said no and he said okay. I want to tell you what he did say no to. He got on it, and he died, but he refused to stay on it. He didn't refuse to die, but he did refuse to stay dead. And he refuses today for you to be lost, for you to be discouraged, for you to be full of fear, for you to be full of bitterness. Wrote so eloquently in his epistle, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'll tell you something else, Jesus refused to say no to. He submitted to going into the grave, he submitted to to those soldiers putting that stone in front of that grave and putting that Roman seal, the seal of Caesar, that wax ring around that big stone to prove that he's in there and that if he came out and rolled that stone away, that seal would be broken. You can do what you want. He did not refuse to go in the grave, but he refused to stay in it. And his posture towards you right now in conclusion going to use a word that my youngest grandson Joseph said to his mother one time happy birthday Joseph today is his birthday but he said to his mother while embracing her one time he said you're not leaving these arms not today not tomorrow not ever and I believe there's some folks right now that's watching this you're hearing God whisper that in your ear He refuses to let you go He just can't say no when it comes to you being lost He can't say no to you being in fear for you being in bondage to habits and drugs and all of that He can't say no to your deliverance Maybe what he's waiting on is for you to say no to the devil. If you'll stand with me right now. As they begin to sing softly, I want to give somebody two opportunities. Number one, I'd like for you, standing in your living room right now, for you to say yes to God. Would you lift your hands and say yes to God? This is your altar Your living room is your altar. The first thing Noah did when he came off the ark was built an altar. He left his home. He left that ark, but before he built the house, he built an altar. Would you make your living room your altar right now and lift your hands heavenward and say, God, to you? I say yes, but I'm going to plant my feet on the word of God and I'm going to point my finger in the face of the devil and say no to him. You're not having your way in my life after this moment. I'm determined to fight for what's right, to do what's right, to live what's right, to be what's right. I want to be pleasing to God. I'm going to submit to God, but at the same time, I'm saying no to the devil. And the Bible promised if you say no to him, he will flee from you. He can leave your marriage. He can
1: leave your home. He can leave your kids if you say no to him.
3: I'm not gonna It's to dance and shout, it's okay to